Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. How to get 30, 30, to get 30, how to get 20, 20, 20, how to get 20, 20, to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month? So, Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom. Like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. Broadcasting from the lush but not luxurious. Well, I don't have my notes in front of me. I you would think after all the times I said that, I remember. And then How in, in my head, I'm like, memorized. But we're not there, and so then I got oh. all kerfluffled, all flustered. So I am on the road, and so we're not. At, we're all at undisclosed locations, except I'm in Carmel, California. I guess oh. you know what they can't find you. By the time this episode comes out, you'll be back here. That's true. I don't yeah. have the money to stay here that long. <laughs> I have to take my radiation <laughs> medication because I'm in the radioactive bunker once again. There, oh, there hey. we go. So let's go around the virtual table, and everyone can introduce themselves. This is Joe. This is Kevin. And this is Tom. And joining us today, also via the magic of ZoomTube, is Rachel Wagner. Hey, Rachel, how's it going? Hi, everybody. I'm doing well. Thanks for having me. Thanks for joining Thank us. Yeah. So I guess I, with all my confusion, I never actually said the name of the movie, which is Are You There, God? It's Me, Margaret. And so we thought rather than having three dudes sit around talking about quite possibly the most famous female-driven young adult novel of all time. <laughs> I think that's a fair statement. Yeah. Like, yeah. Although I guess that would have its own charm if we're not just completely about <laughs> <caught> it. <laughs> Yeah, it depends. We we'll see how yeah, this goes. Yeah, it depends on how the movie, yeah. how the podcast goes, I guess. Yeah. So we thought we would bring in a voice of reason. <laughs> I'll do my best. I don't think, I honestly, after seeing this movie, even though I haven't heard your guys' opinions, I don't think we're going to have any problem with this delightful film. No. I don't think so either. No. No. It's, no. So normally this is where we do League of Show Shares, but because I'm in on a trip, I forgot to do it. So we will do those next week. But thank you for sharing. I just can't thank you individually like we normally do. But uh, you can Chris also... Chris Magic Man, Chris Falls. <laughs> yeah, Library. The Chris Trifecta. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. 
So you can also find us on Facebook, facebook.com slash real spoilers. While you're there, like the page, join the group. Don't forget to find us wherever you get your podcasts and maybe follow us or leave us a review. That's always helpful. And of course, you can check out our Patreon, patreon.com slash real spoilers, where for five bucks a month, you get all sorts of bonus content and we like you extra. So there's what did we just, all that. What did we just drop? Iron Man? Oh, on the Patreon? Yeah, we, yeah. So we're starting the, I posted it in the group as well, but in case you didn't see it, since we weren't around for MCU Phase 1, we started with Man of Steel and and with Phase 2. So we're going back on the Patreon, Matt, Joe, myself, and we're going to talk about all the Phase 1 stuff. So if you want to hear us talk about that and you know want to go back 25 movies now and God, watch so those crazy. with us, then join us over on Patreon. There you go. So you're doing DC as well? No. God, well... well we did well, math steal. <laughs> yeah, we, we started, started with that was our first. That episode. was our first episode. Yeah, so oh, okay. that was ten years ago, almost now, and so I'm not going to spoil what's coming, but ten years <laughs> is coming, and that oh. does coincide with something interesting in the DC universe. So That's very true. we'll just leave it at that. Yeah. Zack Snyder, oh, will be we on don't the show. have to watch Man of Steel again, do we? <laughs> yeah, it's our third, our third watch through and review. Well, Tom just spoiled. Well, we may as well say now. So get your Blu-rays, pop. <laughs> so anyway, I guess let's jump into the movie proper. Are you there, God? It's me, Margaret. So has Anyone read the book? No. I mean, I, I know that it exists. The right guess. Yeah. <laughs> I know. Obviously, it was. I remember. We it knew being, the answer would be no for Joe because yeah, it's right. a book. I don't read. <laughs> right. So, <laughs> so, so comic books funny don't pictures. Count. Yeah. 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 The funny pages. It's. I mean, it's actually a really quick read. It, it, on Audible, it's only three hours. Oh wow! So, wow. Yeah. It's, How close I, does the movie follow the book? Pretty close. Like you get to know some of the. Like her parents, I think, a little bit more. And there's just a little bit more kind of padding out in the movie. But it's pretty close. Okay. Without having read the book, that was my guess. Like I'm like, this feels like it's following the story. This doesn't feel like they're making up things to insert for modern audiences. Or like we need an action scene or a wacky comedy scene. Yeah, I like that they said it in the time period, right? So the book came out in, was it 1970? I do and, too, and and it takes yeah. place in that time. They didn't have to modernize it, and it's it's cool to capture that slice of life. And, and the kids aren't on their phones, and they're playing outside, and they have a club, and all that stuff. But it also, at the same time, is so completely relatable. I think. I mean, even though I didn't have maybe the same experiences, but I was still a kid, and I still remember what it was like. You know, if you mm-hmm. had a crush on someone, or interacting, or going to one of those social events like a party or whatnot. And oh, so man. the mixers, movie, seventh yeah. and eighth grade mixers were the worst yeah it's, it just feels so completely relatable and i went back and read the plot synopsis of the book of it and it followed beat for beat for beat with the movie so i appreciate yeah. how true to it they stayed even though it was 50 years ago but there's nothing in my opinion there's nothing they need to modernize because these these experiences are u- universal and timeless in the book do they is the religion thing a thing in the book yeah Okay. Yeah. Okay. I mean, it follows. Ex- I mean, when I was called, reading. It, are yeah. you there, God? It's me, Mark. Oh no, no. I mean, I mean, like the, I mean the, <laughs> the parents, yeah. like the parents, and like the 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 strife between the mixed like, marriage the sets of parents and stuff yeah. like yeah. that. Okay. Yeah. Yes, I, I know. You know are you there, God? It's me, Margaret. Thank you, Rachel. <laughs> <laughs> and, and although obvious. taking shots at Joe right out of the gate, like, <laughs> well, well done, <laughs> absolutely, this is fitting yeah. in quite nice. This is yes. a good episode. Yeah. <laughs> so I. We don't obviously cover a lot of religious fare here, but man, I love how this movie covers religion because 
it's not a religious movie, right? It's not a uh, God's not dead left, or whatever. You know, it's, no. it, it's not a faith based film. And I've right. gotten a lot of people saying things like when they've read my review that they're like, oh, we knew you'd like it because you're religious. And I'm like, oh, no, it's really not. It's not a faith based film. No. It's not no. a like religion is just a, a, a part of part of growing up it's part Mm -hmm. of like even if you decide not to believe like every person i think goes through some kind of reckoning of what they want to believe and so that's all this is i would think if someone for a lot of religious people they they wouldn't like the movie because they wanted to pick a side and she Mm -hmm. kind of not and so i would think a lot of people that are that there are certain religious people not all that would not like the idea that she didn't pick a side. Yeah. yeah. It doesn't feel like it's forcing it upon you. So that's the difference. Most faith-based films, the reason they're made is to, even if someone is wavering in their beliefs or their faiths, they get there in the end, right? The whole point of it is, oh, you had faith, and it's uh, that's yeah. they're made for the purpose of, right. you know, the end is like, yeah, I've, and I found my faith. And she kind of does in the end in her own way, but it never feels like it's pushing religion on you. And it does give her the option to view all these different types of religion. And I just really liked that, how it didn't feel preachy. It didn't feel forced. And I really like how the character got to decide for herself. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it was interesting to see her kind of a blank slate, right? Like she knows the term Judaism and she knows the term like Christianity. Christianity? But, she, <laughs> but she, well, I was like, I, in my head, I was like Catholic, but that's the other, that's not it. Well, that she is didn't, a form that of is one. I'm that's yes, I know that's one of them. But I was like, that's not what her parents were. But, but she didn't have any parents. preconceived notions because her parents kept her away from it completely. So yeah. she got to show up, and she's like, you know, like, and she goes to the synagogue, and she's like, I mean, everyone seems nice, but I couldn't understand anything. <laughs> and like, she just it was that blank slate where it's like she had these very relatable feelings from someone experiencing things that they never had before, and it was interesting. <laughs> Yeah, this movie hit me in a way that I was not expecting at all. With two young daughters, it, I was a blubbering mess at the end of this movie for hours. I'm not even making that up. <laughs> yeah, like it doesn't help that the main character looks almost identical she, to my daughter. She, I was thinking the same thing as Bella. It's like she looks a lot like she her, looks yeah. just like Bella, and it was it was really hard for me to watch Margaret go through everything she was going through and knowing that. My daughter, now granted it's 2023, so it's going to be a little bit different, but like all of those things that I can't fix, right? Like, as a there's going to come a point where she's going to have to deal with things on her own. And that, like, sorry, Rachel, it kicked me in the and I legit, like, I cried from the second the movie was up, not even the movie wasn't even over. And like, it, it was towards the end, and then I cried all the way through the credits. I cried all the way home. And then, of course, my daughter is sitting on the couch, and I'm walking in, and my <laughs> eyes are all bloodshot. And she was like, what's wrong with you? <laughs> <laughs> it's you. It's your fault. I know. It's all your fault. But like, this... So you didn't take them to see this movie? Well, it, I had to see it during the day, and they were in school. Oh, you saw it on a weekday. Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, gotcha. a, like a crazy person. And now uh, I just got to ask, have you ever pulled them out of school to see a marvel movie no okay no we use we use if if there's something we're gonna see it'll be since it'll be on like a friday night or a saturday morning well i'm Um, i'm I'm glad to hear that because i love the movie i gave it a perfect score which i rarely do but i just felt like i had almost no critiques 
no i don't know what you would fix in this movie yeah but i was kind of bummed coming out of the movie because i was overhearing there was like two women and look like they're like and then two daughters and two younger and they were talking and they were like i could never get my husband to come see this movie this is a (laughs) girls only movie Mm. and i was so bummed by that because i just feel like I feel like I could get my dad to see this movie. He has four daughters. I, he could appreciate it. and, and be You are not quiet. wrong. And I, I don't know. I just, I don't feel like just because this movie is about a young woman shouldn't make it yeah. only a girl's only movie. This, if we can watch Parasite without being <laughs> Korean, we can go see Are You well, There, God, I, It's Me, Mark. Yeah, it's right? not really a good I, excuse when people I, – I think that's the problem is that people are too close-minded in general today. And you get people that say something like that where it's like Judy Bloom had a great quote. She actually has a new documentary on Amazon yeah. Prime you can watch. And so I, I, yeah, I didn't finish. I only watched the first half, but I was I just kind of wanted to hear her talk. And she had a letter. She would answer all her fan letters that people would write to her, which is awesome. And one of the girls said something about like, oh, boys are reading this book that I like. And she felt a little uneasy. And Judy Bloom answered back. And she's like, I think that's good. I think girls should read the same books as boys and it all it does is help us understand one another because we're all human and we're all going through these things together and i think that's a perfect thing to apply to this film too is that these are topics that affect a lot of people and just because it may not affect you directly there are still things to relate to whether it be the other kids in her class that are boys if you identify that way the father like the benny safty character Mm -hmm. i think as a father i can relate to him and the way he was dealing with his kids and his family i I mean when rachel mcadams who i think is amazing in this movie she's so good in this yeah when when she has to tell him that her parents are coming the way he the way he handles that like I've had arguments like that where it's like I am bes- I am livid but I also can see that like you didn't do my wife is between a rock and a hard place right That's a and, really tough scene And while and, I am yeah bes- beside myself but I also have to like you know take a pause and realize maybe you know she didn't do it out of spite but no well it's a very unselfish thing and i think benny safty handles it wonderfully i love getting to see him in these roles like of course he and his brother josh are the safty brothers they directed good time uncut gems with adam sandler but benny pops up in these acting roles he was recently in obi-wan as a a character it's just great seeing him pop up in these roles and he's really good and the way he handles that scene because it, you have to be so unselfish because clearly, obviously, he has he was hurt by what oh, her parents her did. Parents, her parents were awful to him. I mean, her yeah. parents disowned both of them and basically her, their daughter more specifically because she married a Jewish guy. And then, of course, how is he not going to carry that guilt of like, well, I'm the reason that your parents sure, 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 sure. disowned you. And so he is living with all that. And then all of a sudden, out of nowhere... You know, she wants to repair this relationship, and now that means that he has to see them and talk to them, these people that he obviously has a lot of feelings about and a lot of hurt from. And so I think that was extremely tough, but both of these characters are such good people. They don't paint either of them as bad guys. Neither of them does something to hurt the other one, even unintentionally. I love that these both these characters are really good people and a really strong example of a relationship and making sacrifices for one another. They felt very real. Mm-hmm. Like as a, as they felt like real people. I think that that's, that's the advantage. I think this cast has is everybody 
feels real. Like they feel like real people that you knew mm-hmm. at one point or another. The other thing that I noticed is they don't make movies like this anymore. They don't make like coming That's of age. You're older. That's also true. But they don't. But they say. don't though. Like they I... don't make like coming of age stories for preteens, right? Like those. Go ahead, Rachel. I'm sorry. Well, also, so many of the teen stories that we get these days are just this trope of the teenage character that is just miserable and sulking and. I mean, we got it reached an apex last year with the with the whale, that teenage character in that oh, movie. I I hated that character. We all did so yeah. much. I just hated the movie, and it's just I'm so tired of it because it just robs these. I understand that being a teenager is hard. I was a you know bratty teenager in my day, but like you're not a monster. Like you have moments of humanity, you know, like. And and I'm just so tired of that, and 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 so to have like a a character with nuance that was fleshed out that I could relate to that had her sulking moments, she had her you know tough moments. She wasn't communicating with her parents, but sweet moments as well. And so that's to me, it was extremely refreshing. And I especially loved anything with her grandma with mm-hmm. Kathy oh, Bates. She was I so good. Absolutely loved it. every time she she reminded me of my grandma who I miss so much. And just that whole, like, kind of geeking out together and having fun. And that brought back a lot of memories. When she comes home from Florida, I knew she was going to. I'm like, yeah, Grandma, get him. Like, I (laughs) I expected, and I was actually hoping for, and maybe this isn't a little bit different of a movie, but I was expecting more of a fight. I was expecting Grandma to say, I mean, she kind of did, but it was in passing. But, like, I've been here for her her whole life, you know? And it's like that Grandma was there. And to what those parents did to her daughter, I mean, I have a lot of thoughts about that. It, It was just terrible. It was terrible to disown your child because of who they want to be with. And I think Kathy Bates could have said a lot more in that scene. And but I think, I think it's think- also what makes this movie so good and so different is that you don't get that movie where like you get to feed into the moral superiority that the audience wants to feel oh, by sure. this rousing speech because yeah. it's not typically how life is going to work, right? Sure. It's like because in in real life, you know, I mean. I'm not saying no one ever says anything stupid, but a lot of times, I think more often than not, the grandma in that situation is going to be like, well, I don't want to make it worse. I don't want right. to make this kid feel oh, bad. Sure, sure, I don't sure. want to make this kid feel like she has to choose. So like, I'm just going to bite my tongue, not entirely successfully, but a little passive aggressively. But for the most part, I'm going to yeah. bite my tongue. You know? and but so, I love that she was there for her because she knew, sure. I mean, the whole thing was she was going to visit her in Florida and she was looking forward to it. And then her parents thrust her in this uncomfortable position and she was already having a hard time. And then she came home to be with her and she was so excited to see her and made her feel more comfortable in what would have been a very uncomfortable situation either way. Mm-hmm. So I really liked it. And, and like Rachel, I loved that character. Well, yeah, it was I, also a, a really, like, lousy thing to do to like take the Florida trip away from her and it was very like, lousy hey these people who've never given two squirts of piss about you decided to show up when you have this other cool thing planned and so now you don't get to do the cool thing yeah. because you have to sit in a room awkward in awkward silence <laughs> it is it's funny hours. it's funny to watch art imitating life where it's one of those things where you know there are aspects of my life that I've had to change right mm-hmm. like y- you can't please everyone and setting boundaries i guess is the best way to put it setting boundaries yeah. with, with family members that maybe don't mm-hmm. always listen to boundaries 
and watching Rachel McAdams have to like navigate this when she has not had to put up any boundaries and now she can't because it's it's just not in her nature to say no. Yeah. You know, well, she like, also doesn't know what their motivation is, right? That's like, she's true. Like, she's like, well, it has been, you know, 12 years. Maybe they've changed. Maybe they've changed, know? right. And may- maybe they've they've realized the mistake they made. Maybe they're going to be different. And I guess it's probably been longer than 12 years because that's how old Margaret is, right? But like, sure, sure. they didn't get married the day she was born. No, I think they said so. four. I don't know why I have 14 in my head, but I think okay. it was something it's, like 14 I saw this years. movie like two weeks ago. So. Oh, right on. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But No, she's 11. She's 11. Oh, okay. Margaret's 11? Okay. Yeah. Yeah. If I was going to nitpick, I do feel like that those grandparents would not be asking her about Sunday school on the first dinner if they were really trying to like like, I don't think they really were I think they (laughs) showed up to like get an end to try to then force their ways on them once again and control them if they were smart they would wait and build up that relationship and then ask her but maybe they're stupid. If I don't they, know. If they were smart. <laughs> I, that's, I think people that disown their daughter yeah. because they're Fair. unaccepting of other people are not, quote unquote, smart. And that's the thing. Like, you people are different. And to try to force something like that on it and say, if you don't believe what we believe, we're going to disown you. That is, yeah, I have no respect. Or if for you're going to marry this guy, this guy who is of a different religion, you know, and of a different world. And if you marry him, you're out. Or we're not going to... Did they say that like we'll disown you, or did she was she just like I'm not going to put up with your bigotry? Did they say no? Like, you're they out? said you're not going to be our daughter or something okay. like that. Okay. They they okay. completely disowned her and yeah, told her they were is... going to. And oh, I, wow. so I didn't read the scene as they necessarily showed up to grill her about Sunday school. I I saw it more as like they found themselves in that moment and they just couldn't. That's stop what themselves. I agree. Right, with they you. couldn't like, help themselves. Like, right, like they're they're just so focused on their own stuff. That like I I don't I honestly don't think they showed up to like we've got to bring this girl you know back from the dark side <laughs> I think that they they were trying to reestablish communications and and like honestly like they don't know what the hell else to talk about that's mm-hmm. and, yeah yeah and so they don't they know just, this they don't know these people anymore yeah right? this, not at her, all their their daughter is not the same person that, and I think we also need to keep in mind. For these grandparents because like even though you know it's 2023 for us it's 1970 for them the and also it's like like these two were probably born in like i mean there's a chance they were born in the 1800s that's, right oh oh like if I they're in their 70s yeah. yeah yeah that's so, fair like you know, but best case scenario they were born in the early 1900s right. so like they grew up in a very very different world and so and i don't mean to say like so it's okay <laughs> no but that's like when my grandmother would use certain terms and we're just like yeah you can't what do you, you, can't, you can't do that what do you can't yeah, say it, that? <laughs> it's important to contextualize that all, we're looking at it through modern eyes and i completely agree but it also shows you how hard of a time people had look at this was just 50 years ago which may sound like a lot to some people but also at the same time someone who's 52 it doesn't sound long ago at all (laughs) right 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 (laughs) so at the same time it doesn't seem that long and look how much things have changed and so i agree that they definitely have a lot different mindset and came from an older time but it just shows you like people willing to distance themselves from their own family just because of who they love and what they decide to believe in and those same people that 
that would do that to their daughter, I had no question that they would try to do it again. Like there was no way that they would have changed their ways. And it was a good scene. I liked it. I liked the way the parents handled it. And even though I said like, you know, I, I was on Kathy Bates side and I wanted her to lay into him, but it, it was still really good. Yeah. Yeah, such good characters. What did you all think of Nancy as a character? I think she was an interesting character. I, it, she was, yeah, go she's ahead. A, well, she's like a friend to her. She's a good fr- you know, friend in many ways. And there's like the sweet scene when she gets her period and you feel for her there. But then she's so rude to the uh, tall girl. I forget her name. And she can be so dismissive. Mm. And there was the, you know, she, she I, has the, she has a line the first time she meets Margaret where she's like, you know, I'm Nancy. I live in the big house, the bigger house. The bigger house, the- yeah. And right. It's like it's such a simple line, but it does kind of give you an idea of maybe how Nancy is raised. Look at the parents, right? It's not yeah, totally, Nancy, totally. and and kids are kids are innocent. These things are learned, and but, they're not. And, but this is that weird age, though, where it's like, yes, kids are innocent, mm-hmm. but they're starting to get to that age to where a- you, but like you can't completely chalk it up to being just a kid. Right. Mm-hmm. Yeah. This but, is, that, that's um, what I think is great is it's, it's like this transitional yeah. movie where it's not a kids movie and it's not like a high school movie. It's just that that spot that right. I yeah. also they make like the, for anymore. The thing I like the most about that character, though, is that I think in a newer movie and or a lesser movie, she would have flat out been the right. villain of yep. the movie. Mm-hmm. Yep. Yeah. And. Yep. And it's a lot more nuanced than that because, like, there are aspects of her that are really nice. Like, you know, like, Margaret has a a friend group. She's a new kid. Like, Mm -hmm. right? I mean, we kind of gloss over. She gets pulled out of New York City to go live in the suburbs. And so she doesn't have any social circle at all. And so knowing nothing about the movie, I thought, oh, we're going to get the thing where, like, the kid's the outcast. The Rachel McAdams from Mean Girls. Mean Girls. Yeah. Yeah. And it's like – and that's not where it went at all, which I thought mm-hmm. found interesting and was relieved. But I also thought it was really fascinating that it would have been very easy to turn this character into just a flat out villain. Yeah. And yeah. she does some things that are really kind of but but she's never flat out like awful. It's like no. awful adjacent. Yeah. I, you know? I think that the, this all comes back to them. They're kids and they're trying to figure stuff out i don't think anything nancy did was intentionally mean and like tom said there were so many things where she was welcoming and instantly wanted her to be a part of their secret club which only has four people including margaret and i think that she just has a way of talking that she learned from her parents i think when you see the mother you can understand how (laughs) she started to get that attitude and talk the way she does but i don't think that it was ever ill-intentioned and i also think that kids in I mean, I guess this was for them elementary school, sixth grade, middle school for, you know, my generation. But it's like kids are mean and they're not necessarily trying to be mean or be a villain. But I think that it's still there was humanity in that character where kids do that stuff and they don't realize how mean it is until later in life. And Mm -hmm. she just seemed like them being kids. And I'm not saying that everything she did was right, but I don't think it came from a place of trying to be mean. And it it wasn't like a mean girl like there's in these movies, like you guys mentioned, there's usually like the cool group, the mean girl group, and then there's the outsider group and everything. And it's mm-hmm. like they were more the outsider group, but you never saw I'll a hang, mean girl. I'll hang out with Lizzie Kaplan any day of the week. Yeah. <laughs> but there were well, never... And she, she was also jealous 
of is that was that the tall girl's name lizzie mm-hmm. she was jealous of lizzie right. too it, it, right she was coming from a place of being jealous because lizzie was the girl that matured faster right. than all of them and one of the premise of this movie is that these girls all want to mature they want to grow up you know and so you know who what is a way to to deal with that when you're a kid is to be mean when instead of maybe be accepting or understanding or say, Hey, you've been through this. What's it like? You know, talk to this girl, be friends with her instead of deflecting and, and lashing out like that. I think there was a really interesting moment when Margaret gets a postcard from Nancy and basically saying that she got her period and you know, Margaret just rolls with it. And then when they're out to dinner and there's the reveal that, you know, part of the rules of this group, right. That they're in, is you you don't lie. Well, you write you, down you gotta, the boys that you like. You got to and you got to tell us when something happens. So Nancy broke two of those rules right off the jump, right? Like, well, I guess, but at the restaurant and I did but like so seeing did Margaret. Margaret broke it before anybody. I guess that's true. She didn't yeah. say that she liked she, moose. They all right, liked like the, moose. Yeah. And I do I like seeing the the confliction on Margaret's face like when Nancy and Nancy knows Nancy knows that she screwed up and now she has to face like she's facing Margaret in one of these times that you know as as a father of daughters like it's a time that is scary and it's you don't really know what's going on and Margaret her best friend knows that Nancy screwed up Nancy knows she screwed up and then like you see that relationship kind of take a shift right Mm -hmm. because Margaret does Margaret ends up having a pro. I don't know if her name is Lizzie. I was talking about Lizzie Kaplan from Mean Girls. Is the Lizzie that oh, I would okay. hang out with? <laughs> I can remember her name. The the tall girl. The tall, but, <laughs> yeah, but they, I've been trying to look it up because I want to see how old she was. Because there was one thing where she was talking to her and she looked like she was thirty. Like I was. <laughs> is, like, it, yeah. is it Laura Danker? Could be. I do think she she looked legitimately old. She like, did. I just yeah, but. That- yeah, ahead, Laura, I, Laura Danker is the character. Okay, I okay, think so. that almost any particularly woman will be able to relate to this movie. And what it made me think of when I was in the same age, it was in sixth grade. We we went to outdoor camp. It was called. Yeah, and, uh, it's cool. And I had started my period. And so I had tampons with me and this girl, Brooke, thought it was going to be like so funny if she like showed everybody my tampons. Mm, And I remember being at outdoor camp just mortified. Sure. Unlike the girls in this group that were like proud and wanted it, like for whatever (laughs) reason, I was really embarrassed that I had started my period. And uh and I just remember just being so embarrassed. And you, you think back like what was she like trying to like how insecure was she and probably sure. nervous about yeah. getting hers or you know what might have happened but i think almost every woman has a story like that in, in their life about yeah. maturing and trying to get along with your peers and just all of this that happens and i think this movie really captured that well yeah absolutely. i think it's really interesting i, I was telling bella you know, she is she she's going to listen to this at some point in her life. She's like, I cannot believe you were just talking about my on the Internet. <laughs> but, you know, I think same deal where she so she's she'll be 12 and coming up. And, you know, she's had issues with her friends and yeah. they you know, it, it's interesting. I was telling her, I was like, man, when I was a kid, when I was your age, if we had issues with our friends, we would punch each other in the face and fight <laughs> and then it'd be over. And I 
don't. I also think that's more of a boy thing. That's what I mean. That's what I mean, right? <laughs> yeah. Like, so, like, I that's what I, I said. I'm not trying to be dismissive, but it's like it's hard for me to understand sometimes because as a boy growing up, we would just fight, and that's what we did, and then you were yeah. done with it. It was over. Where I feel like, in my experience with a ch- with a child, is there's a little bit more going on. Like there, it, things last a little bit longer, and they can get a little bit meaner. And I think that Nancy is on that path, right? Like where mm-hmm. Margaret, Nan- Nancy's kind of on that path where she could be uh, a, a mean girl. And I, but their relationship does take an interesting turn when Nancy, they're at the, I guess it's like a, I don't know, like a homecoming or an end of the year kind of dance thing. It's the school carnival, the end of the year. Yeah, like a school picnic, thing. basically. And Margaret has gone out of her way to talk to Laura, Lauren, Lori. Laura. Laura Danker, yeah. Laura. Yeah. And and <laughs> apologize and kind of, yeah, right, and be friends with her. And there's a moment when Nancy kind of looks at Margaret and Laura dancing on the on this dance floor, and there's almost like a, not a look of disdain. Well, I guess I think it's like disdain mixed with hurt that Margaret would dance with her or be friends with her. And I think, you know, if there's a, are you there, God, it's me, Margaret, too. I think there is a divergence in that friendship. In my uh, maybe I'm not going to write. I, well, I mean, for, so not, I don't. I don't dare write a book for Judy Bloom. But yeah, <laughs> it's just so tricky that that time of life because you. I remember just sort of going through friends a little bit too. Like oh, you, I, your yes. friends, you were kind of trying out friends, and I remember it's church. They used to always say like, "Choose your friends wisely," and I would be like, "What? What does that mean?" <laughs> and and I this was when I was in high school, I had decided that this, this particular group of girls was like the, the, the friends I should choose. They were the, like the good girls, for whatever reason. I don't remember why. And, and so I sat at their table and tried to be friends and they weren't like mean, but they just weren't, you know, particularly interested in being my friends. And after like a couple of months, I was like, this is stupid. Like, why am I not being friends with the people who actually want to be friends with me? Sure. And, <laughs> and yeah, then I went back it, to my friends and it was fine. Yeah. But it's hard. It's like, tough like, though, especially, especially like today, like with, like they always tell the kids that like, oh, you're supposed to be accepting and, yeah. and be friends with everyone. And I'm like, okay, I get the goal, you know, but, Sometimes there are people that you shouldn't be friends with, right? right yeah. And it's right. like, and if you tell some, if you tell someone, especially girls, that they that they should be, you know, nice to everyone. Well, oh. there's going to be people that are going to really take advantage of of that degree of grace, right? Well, and yeah. so That's you can what's interesting when when she says, "I don't even know if I want to be friends with her," right? Yeah, anymore. Right, right, She's right. sorting this out, and and what you're really when you're telling teens saying choose your friends wisely because that is a very influential group you know on these when you're a teenager you're really saying either you have to choose to to not have friends or have these these friends that they don't want to have and you're because it's not like you have the choice between like good friends and bad friends (laughs) like it's not that's not see i I kind of like that's i kind of disagree only because I think we've all had that. I'm probably talking about myself in certain friend groups where they're just like, why do we hang out with that guy? <laughs> like, why? Yeah. You know, there was always that one or two, one or two guys where it's just like, are you friends with him? And they're like, <laughs> no. And like, are you, you know, you're, so you're like, well, how, why is he still here? Um, yeah. And, but I, it, 
No, I'm just like it. It is yeah. like once those the and you're Rachel. I think you're absolutely right. Is there is I I have found in my own experience from like sixth grade and then to high school there is like a shift in like you know I remember my parents being like are you hanging out with that kid? Like you yeah. never talked to that kid in your life. And now you're like hanging out with them all the time. What's going on? <laughs> but it's just like a, you know, it lasts for a couple of months. Like it's like a dating yeah. relationship and then they're gone. You feel like it's the most important thing in the whole yes. world when you're that age. And it, and then like you finish high school and you're like, you never talk to those people. Are they ever right. Absolutely. Yeah. <laughs> I, it's funny. My son graduates from high school in like two weeks and like, he's so like tied up in certain things and they have to keep like, like grabbing him by the shoulders and be like, dude, in three weeks and one day, you aren't going to give a flying F about any of these people. <laughs> that is like, very true. Like you're going to go to college and you're not, you're, you're and like when you're my age, you will struggle to remember their names. That's you true. Know? Your world that is changes. so funny. Yeah. You say that so is, quickly. I remember I had two friends, right? There was three of us, Gabe Javier, Mike Godfrey and me. All right, Mister Popular. That's, I'm just yeah. saying, I had a bunch of friends. <laughs> Humble brag. But I, re- but I remember sitting in like a, you know, in eighth grade or whatever, and this teacher goes, "Look at your friends, right?" I'll never forget this as long as I live. This teacher was like, "Look at your friends now. In two years, you will not be friends with them anymore." And of course, you're si- I'm sitting next to two guys, where I'm just like, "What do you mean? Wait, we're gonna be friends forever." I I couldn't tell you what they're where they are in their world right now. I know they're alive, but like. It, that just that changing of friendship and just trying to navigate that because sometimes you don't even realize it's happening until you yeah. all go to different high schools, right? We all just split up and yeah. went about yeah. different lives. And so now, thanks to Facebook, most of the people I was friends <laughs> in high school with now I know are kind of gross. Right? Well, and, and to the same point too, it's funny when you think about like who the popular kids were in middle school and high yeah, school. Yeah, right, right. And if right. you see them now, you're just like, you're like, don't just, peak early. Yeah, yeah. You peak, don't brother. Peak right. It's like yeah. you threw that was, one yeah. touchdown in high school, and that was it. Right. Yeah. yeah. I tell my son, I give you the same advice for friendship as I do for your honeymoon night. Don't peak early. <laughs> <laughs> I want to piggyback off what you were saying about the line where she says i don't even know if i want to be friends with her anymore and i love the line read on that because it could have easily been a huffy teenager or pre teenager mm-hmm. tween ager mm-hmm. stamping her foot like i don't even know if i but it wasn't like you she was seriously oh, conflicted sure. like she was seriously contemplating like do i want to be friends with her anymore mm-hmm. like it wasn't like i mean she was certainly upset with her but it wasn't like a reactionary act of anger. It was she was seriously contemplating, like, where does really, this girl fit in yep. my friendship? Do circle? I really want to do and this anymore? She? Yeah, right. Well, it's completely, which is completely believable and relatable because that's like we said, that's how it really works in real life. Is and it's not necessarily even like you have to have a big falling out or a big fight, but right. people change mm-hmm. and just age. You're figuring out who you are, right? What you're into. And that's why, like Joe was saying, when he was young and your parents are like, what? You, where did they come from? Now <laughs> you're hanging out with them 24-7 and all of a sudden, what happened to so-and-so? Because yeah. you're finding yourself and you're figuring out who you want to be and who you are. And people, again, not because of a fight or a big falling out, but it's like, hey, I'm into whatever. And you're just like, I'm not. And you <laughs> have less and less reason to hang out. We call those summer vacation friends. Yeah, right. Yeah, the people you know. that come to town. Yeah, you always see that in movies too, right? Where it's like, you know, I'll be back for summer, right? And right, right. You may well, you get not... you get that in this, right? When when at the end of the movie, when Margaret is leaving to go back to camp, mm-hmm. 
and she has that interaction, which I think is an absolutely adorable interaction. But she leaves for summer. Moose. She'll be back right. for non-summer. Yeah, <laughs> that's true. Yeah, I guess that's fair. But he even says he's like, well, "Let's hang out," you know, when you get back. Yeah. And it was like, and it was. I remember just a look on her face. I was. She played that. Well, she skipped I mean, back to the almost house, perfectly. You know? Yeah, yeah, right. It, it was it, almost it, perfectly played. It was cute because she was finally more comfortable in herself. Where she was going. I mean, we clearly know she likes Moose the entire movie, but right. she didn't want to admit it to her friends because they all like the cool guy who we find out is a douche. The, and, a you big know, old which douche. They so, almost always are. <laughs> right. I didn't think the cool guy was that bad though, because you're expecting the the- when they. When they have the uh, two minutes in heaven, you're thinking, oh, this cool guy is going to be a total jerk to her. Sure. He nope. But he was then. actually sweet. He and- wasn't then. It was the but thing. The- but he was kind of a player. Like, he's, you know. He yeah, was also a total at the jerk end, to her a- at the, in the, at school. That's what told you who he was. He made fun of her small boobs. He said, pinch you to grow an inch, and you know where you need to grow that inch. That, yeah. I mean, what a total douche thing to it's, say. It, you know, it, it's tough because like, kind but of like that also line. also 1970. Like, so I that's mean, the thing, right? Like it yeah. can go. That line read can be one of two things. It could be a eleven-year-old who's not thinking and making a joke and not realizing that it might hurt somebody's feelings, or it could be the flip side of that eleven-year-old who's making the joke, knowing that he's being mean. It's and funny, it, like that. That line, the line's douchey. Like, yeah, like I'm not trying to like advocate for the line. The line's douchey. But because of the age of the characters, the line is almost like a choose-your-own-adventure novel, <laughs> yeah. right? Like, it's like, he says this thing to her that's douchey. So now one of two things can happen. You can either turn to page 34, where you go down the the life path of being a douche, right. or you could turn to page 48, where you realize, like, oh, man, that was a really crappy thing to say, and you feel bad, and you and, and you try to correct it moving forward. Because we've, we've all had those those sure. moments where we've said something and I've we're done it on and this afterwards podcast. yeah and afterwards we're like oh you know looking back i, I would like I, to- d- I did it in front of bill cott <laughs> i would hope that the kid does that but to me at least the way that i read it and interpreted it was he was the cool kid who you know he was a player and yeah he was n- nice enough when he was getting to hook up with her but okay okay well, he wasn't hooking up with her right they were just well, smooching they smooched that, a little bit. Yeah. They well, I was crap. grateful, though, that he made her first kiss, like, not awful. That's yeah. fair. Yeah, no, it was great for her, too, because she really comes out of her shell once she realizes, because she wasn't into boys. They So at the beginning of the movie, when they joined their, their secret club, which is, you know, Nancy's porch eating cakes and dabbing tea or whatever you know it's just a very very yeah just a very basic little get together they do after school and they're talking about boys and they're all very much like anti the boy stuff like they're at that age where it's still kind of like i you know i don't ever want to see anyone have anyone see me naked this and they're doing that whole yeah ooh boys kind of thing and then once she has that kiss it's like her eyes open and she does a really good job the actor who abby Ryder forston who joe you probably would remember her from ant-man and the wasp she is but she's but she's young cassie she's right she's the she's the original cassie yeah that that line with the rabbit is one of the best mcu lines when he give when she gives him when Scott gives her the rabbit and she's like, it's so ugly. I love him. <laughs> yeah. And like runs away. Like it's such a great, sweet line. And you know, yeah, yeah. that movie's so she's good. Great. But she was 
phenomenal in this role. I thought she was such a good actor, and she had to convey all those emotions of going through these very human and relatable things. How Again, old is even, she? Oh, I bet she's only 12 or 13. Let me see well, if I, I can. I think that that might make things a little bit easier. <laughs> Certainly, you know? but, but also how nerve-wracking would that be to in front of to the entire that. world yeah. in the most to popular... Be, to, to be that age, going through that stuff, and then even if you're playing a character, you still feel like you're talking about your period. <laughs> right. Yeah, movie. sure. In front sure, of the sure. world. This it is looks the most like world, she's yeah. 15. Okay, so she That's still pretty close. It, she probably filmed yeah. it at 14 at least. Yeah. And, yeah. and so, right. So, but yeah, she is so good in this role. And the fact that she has to do all this in front of a camera, again, stuff that she is or had just gone through and, and has to be vulnerable. And yeah. the stuff with dealing with her friends, dealing with her parents, the terrible stuff with the grandparents and having this stuff forced upon her. I mean, right from the get, like Tom said, this movie opens up and her, her dad gets a job and they're moving from New York to New Jersey. So she has to leave her school, make new friends. Especially at that age, man. Deal, right. It's hard. Yeah, a new environment yeah. as she's figuring out who she is and who her friends are and everything. So she's thrust upon this. And that's the basis for her basically trying to discover these different religions and ultimately, before the very end of the movie, kind of disavowing religion and, dis- and disavowing God. Does, doesn't, because doesn't she have a line, though, where she's like, the only time I really feel God is when I'm alone? Am I making that up? But it also ends with her praying. So she hasn't totally disavowed God. She's just kind of figuring out her own version. Yeah. Like She's yeah. disavowed religion, but she seems to be... Still praying and... Well, and she stopped until God. the very end when things started going her way, which is, you know, she finally realized, like, oh, you have been listening because you answered my prayers. Like, right. But there's a point in the movie after the whole grandparents thing, like, yeah. things just keep happening and happening to this girl. But it's, again, very relatable. I mean, I know my grandpa used to have a saying, when it rains, it pours. And when you're that age, you do feel like everything and anything the world is against wrong, you, man. Does go wrong, and so yeah, she's. Talking and you like, also feel like you're the only one it's ever happened. Yeah, so, yeah, it's, right. Oh, like God, this I is all that. Yeah. because it's all new to you. You think it's all new, <laughs> right? And we see her friends are coming, all coming right at you. Well, yeah, and look at we talked about Nancy, right? For instance, so Nancy. Nancy likes the cool kid boy and has a crush. They said for years she's had a crush on this kid. And then Margaret shows up and gets to kiss him in the game. And then people are talking, their friend group, you know, they all want to have their period because they believe they'll become women. They'll be grown up when that happens. And then their other friend gets it. And so Nancy has now missed out on the kiss with the boy that she likes. She hasn't had her period yet. All this stuff's happening. That's a great so that's point. Why that's why she lies and it's not out of a mean-spirited way she didn't do it to lie to them and be mean or to to pull one over on them she was feeling left out and things were happening all around her to her friends and she was feeling hurt and not like a personal thing like they attacked her but she was feeling hurt and left out and so she lied so she could have something oh well, well margaret may have kissed the boy i like but i had my period and i know that she wants to and so this is this is the part that's kind of mind-boggling is how has this never been a movie before? Well, like, she's very controversial, which is oh, when, and having never read any of the books and now seeing the movie and know it follows the book very closely, I have to ask the follow up question: What the fuck is wrong with people? Yeah, nineteen seventy. Yeah, this is on a lot of banned book lists and this things is? like that. Yeah. yeah, and if you want to see a great movie, the documentary Judy Bloom Forever, it, it was at Sundance, 
and it's on Prime now. It is so good. And she shares these letters that she would get. And some some of the people she corresponded with for years. And that just blew my mind that there were like so few voices that so many kids were turning and literally writing her letters. Yeah. And and she has some books that are more explicit than other books. I mean, she has some adult books, but in her young adult books, she has some that deal with topics like masturbation and some other things like that. She reads an um, excerpt in that documentary, and I was like, whoa, okay, I can see yeah. how she'd be but controversial. I, 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 like, okay. But this right. book, I, I think just people that are so insecure that they can't handle something that questions God, religion, that if for some reason discussing your period is taboo. I mean, it's, I don't really understand that. Yeah. It's, <laughs> um, it's, but, uh, it but yeah, I mean, things like that, that it, are, it's just bonkers. But this is 1972. So again, we have to step back and say it's yeah. a different well, it's, time. I, I don't disagree with that, but we've also got the 80s and 90s and 2000s where yeah. this it's movie still has happened. I do think it's amazing that, that very few of her yeah, books, so if any, have gotten made into movies. Especially one that I feel like is almost a center point of... Yeah of a culture that you put this book in front of any child over the age of 12 and they're going to know this book. Well, maybe not now that they're not now that they're banning it. Well, it's Um, also so naive to think that because they banned this book, the kids are not going to talk about these things, seek these things out, having to deal with these things. If when you watch that documentary, you realize how important books like this are to people and how, we all have to deal with certain things. And obviously this focuses on what these young girls go through at this time in their life. Right, right. But they need to talk to someone. They need to relate. They yeah. need to know that they're not alone. And it's so important. And when you hear those letters that people wrote yeah, her and I how the author was, away yeah, and the author was there to, to talk to them, like Judy Bloom not only wrote these books that I'm sure are life-saving books for, for a lot of people, but she was there to talk to them. She didn't just go, oh, I'm famous author Judy Bloom. She was like, I'm your friend. Keep up with yeah. me. You know, Write me back. It, it, what an amazing person to do yeah. this and, and fight for the right to have books and to tell the truth and to talk about relatable things. And yeah, it, it, this book... I, even though I haven't read the book, but seeing how close the movie is, I can see why it was so important. And I just think what a great book and a great author to, to do this for people. Especially when at the time there was nothing like that out there. Yeah. Right. Yeah. You know, like yeah. now there's, there's lots of things like that out there because she paved, she paved the, way. the way. Exactly. Yeah, but, right, right, right. but like back then there was nothing like this. It's a boy. Well, I think it was all move. for boys, right? Like everything that would, but be even the in boy this... books weren't going to be like this. That's they true. Yeah, talk I mean, about Hardy boys that's true. Gonna talk yeah, Hardy about boys, it. Nancy Drew, <laughs> yeah. things like right. that. But something that was honest, Either. authentic, frank. You didn't have much, much of it before nineteen. This came out in nineteen seventy. So. <laughs> Give me the Hardy Boys book where they talk about nocturnal emissions. <laughs> I, I don't. Hey man, yeah, I don't remember that one. <laughs> that's but, what I'm saying. It didn't yeah, exist. I, yeah, I don't think. Yeah. So. The thing is, you take Hardy this- Boys and the mystery of doing your laundry for the first time. <laughs> yeah, there you go. No, but I, I got think it. it comes from an insecurity that people mm-hmm. aren't secure enough in their beliefs and their faith and their life story that somebody that, that's questioning or challenging it or insecure that they can't handle that. They see that as a threat, which is really sad because you can learn like it. 
Margaret questioning her religion doesn't affect my religion or faith at right. all. Like, well, you know what? Okay, so, but but it do you tells do you, people that it's okay to question your religion, right. and yeah, uh, the religious they're... people do not want that. Oh, my my daughter or son might go. Wait a minute, I can choose. Oh, no, they want to force religion on them, and that's the worst part of religion. I think is mm-hmm. the forcing of it instead of oh. like I said. I think Margaret being able to discover these things and decide that she wants to be religious or what religion is so amazing. And it, these parents it's also, were scared. It's also from a theological standpoint, the stupidest thing people do because especially <laughs> at least coming from the realm of Christianity, if mm-hmm. the whole concept is, is free will, if you're tricking people into believing <laughs> in Jesus, if you're forcing <laughs> them to believe in Jesus, well then they're not really doing it out of free will. They're just telling you what you want to hear. So right. you haven't really accomplished anything except soothing your own insecurities. Are you so, saying that religions can be hypocritical, Tom? <laughs> well, I mean, a, it, it's really going against, if, you, if you're sticking to the Bible, it's going against the Bible because yeah. Jesus surrounded himself with publicans and sinners. Rachel, hold on. I thought you said Republicans, and I was like, that is... <laughs> Yeah. Hilarious! Yeah, <laughs> but look surrounded at this, himself though. with Republicans and sinners. It how was. Many <laughs> how many times do you hear news reports and see people, whether it's protesting things or whatever, uh, uh, claiming to be Christian and not acting oh, like it? Yeah. You know what I mean? It's yeah. the practice what you preach, the hypocrisy. There, there's nothing inherently bad about religion. It's the way that some people apply and use religion. And, and that's the problem is they're not yeah. following what they're, they say they believe in, but they're not actually following the book. Well, that's Rachel, was Margaret there, is pushing up against. Yeah. Well, was there, a mo- was there a moment, without digging too deep, was there a moment in your life where you had a crisis of faith? Like, is this where I want to be? Is this what I want to do? It was actually, like, fairly recently. Okay. I, that I was always really, really strong enough. It was just the pandemic that for whatever reason kind of made me question whether, cause I went for like a year without going to church because, because I, because it might go. kill you. Quarantine, yeah. <laughs> right. And, and that did kind of change me to be like, Oh, maybe this thing that I, I just kind of did because I did believe, but, it was just part of my life. And all of a sudden I've gotten along fine for a year without it. And so it makes you kind of question what it is that you're doing here. But yeah, I was pretty solid in my conversion to my faith as a teenager. And then that helped me avoid a lot of snares and a lot of difficulties. So I'm grateful for that. But, but yeah, I think that everybody has like moments where they're like, wait, what is going on here? Sure. Well, that's what's great about this movie is that I think there's something to relate to. Again, it doesn't matter how you identify religious or not. Being a kid, if you were a kid, which everyone who is no longer a kid has been at one point, right? I mean, ultra relatable. There is something in this movie for everybody. And even the parents, even if you're so far disconnected, not that you sure think back, but look at the parents. If you are a parent, well, then there you go. Or relationship or dealing with Mm -hmm. your parents, right? There is something in this movie that I think everyone can relate to. So the the super interesting that I I just thought about is there is a point when you are it's it's a transition point from kid to like teenager, right? And you almost, in my experience, you almost become, you you can see yourself starting to become self-aware where you, when you're, what, like 
three to ten, you don't question anything, right? Like your parents right. tell you something, you're like, all right, cool, like I'm with you. But there is a there's a line where you do start to question things and you start to think for yourself. And it's 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 interesting to watch this movie, and you can see it happen to Margaret. Like you can see her very happy go happy leaving in the very beginning when she's leaving camp and everything's great, and then when she comes home and they she find out she, they find out that she is moving. You can almost see that flip that switch flip, yeah. And then the rest of the movie is her asking questions like why don't we talk to your parents why don't we go to church why don't we so i do think that's really interesting to watch that happen i think some of that is because i don't think the movie fully explores this but i kind of feel like maybe that's a moment of for her where she realizes that like oh my parents aren't perfect because that was not a very good way to do that no welcome home from (laughs) camp you don't live here (laughs) i feel like she's like Like, hey what are those boxes and I, but I also think that in 1970, that like parents didn't take into account kids' feelings in the same way. I mean, not everyone does today, obviously, but but we know they a lot were, more now. Yeah, yeah like that's people true. are I was, I was much more apt to, my, to do that. I was talking to my parents about because there was a time when I was bullied pretty bad in in elementary school, and and my parents took me out and put me in private school, and I were asking, well, why didn't you consider just having me homeschool? And and they were like, we didn't even know that was a thing. Like, mm. we didn't even know. We thought you could be arrested for doing that. Like, yeah. yeah. Like, and, and, uh, so yeah. I, I do think we're like parents are aware now more of like just so many more options of like how you can raise your kids yeah. than they were even, you know, in 1970. It is funny. I remember in like, you know, in grade school when a new kid would show up and they're like, oh, yeah, he was homeschooled. And we're like, oh, is that weirdo? Right, he was homeschooled. Joe had a similar situation where they had to pull him out of school because he was bullying. Uh, and they, okay, they put him in school <laughs> with a lot of tougher kids to teach him a lesson. Oh, I got taught a lesson. There's, there's nothing like being a four foot two skinny kid, like superheroes and stuff. It was great. I had a similar situation though, where like I was pulled out of school and put in a private school as well. And it's funny because I was pulled out of public school and put in a Catholic school, and but we weren't Catholic. Mm. And so suddenly I was going to religion classes classes every day. (laughs) And I'm just like, just like, whatever. Like, okay. Like, and honestly, like, I'm glad I went. Like, I'm not religious at all. I'm certainly not Catholic, but like, it was a much better school. And I feel like, in retrospect, I learned a lot more going to that school than if I had stayed in a public school, at least the public school that I would have went to. Yeah. There are a lot of really fun, cute moments in this movie. I just it's a fun movie. I think yeah. it's important for kids to to see this that know they're not alone and other people are going through this stuff. But a lot of really fun moments in this movie. Like that line that when they're all like, We must increase our bust, that thing. <laughs> it's is that from this book? Because I've heard that before as like a joke and other things. Like, did she create that saying? I don't Do know, you know if she created it, but yeah. At the it's time, a, maybe people did say that. I, I, like I don't that. know any girls that, that <laughs> do, did that, but who knows? Maybe I just didn't have the as creative of friends. I'm it was not sure. it was pretty funny when they come back the second time and they have That's seen they've seen the Playboy and they like double down do you, on and, the. But they all come back. They're chanting it together. Yeah, right, right, like right. It's right. a really funny moment, <laughs> or that moment where they all get the training bras and then they and Nancy's like, "What size are you? What size are you?" And they don't have sizes because they get this grody. I think it's just like I'm a 
some tiny number double A or whatever. <laughs> like it just, but she's so proud of it. And there's like right, some right. of these funny moments where they're all trying to be so grown up, and they're they're kids. But it it really highlights what what we all go through, what all kids go through. They're in such a rush to grow up, and it's like. <laughs> Slow you, down, kid. Yeah, as parents, you're like, enjoy the moment when you're kids because there's so yeah. much responsibility. And obviously, we all know what it's like to be grown up now. But it's just so true that when you're a kid, you cannot wait. And they're in such a rush for it. Oh, yeah. I think uh, I, one of the things this movie touches on that I, I think is unique to girls is the conundrum and the paradox of that developmental stage of you want to reach the next level, but everybody hits it at a different time and yeah. like the girls that haven't hit it yet are jealous of the girls that have hit it but a lot of the girls who have hit it really regret it because they start <laughs> to see how differently the world especially men and boys treat them once they look more grown up and and it it's not fun or cool no. and especially when you know like when you're the Laura Danker character like they didn't really say it but she's got this this air of sadness about her. And, oh, absolutely. And yeah. and, and, I, and and I and I don't feel like it's just because the other girls are mean to her. I think it's because a lot of the boys and and even men are treating her differently, sure. and she doesn't yeah. understand it or like it. And so, on the one hand, the the kids don't don't trust her anymore because she's not one of them, quote unquote, and and. But the boys are probably doing and saying some very oh sure weird and off putting things. Mm-hmm. She's yeah. being stared at. She's no matter yeah. what from either side, and for those different reasons, she's getting stared at and pointed out the whole time. And so I do think the way that character is portrayed is once again very important and very relatable because ultimately these girls these in our core friend group are jealous of her but the way they handle that is by being mean because they right. don't know how to deal well, with their own I, insecurities i They're, think the the way nancy handles it and the three the three just kind of go along with it right because there because i mean there is a point at the end like i said at the end where margaret breaks away from that and befriends but yeah. not before she's mean to her, which that's gives right. you that great scene. That's, and, but, that's right. And she's mean to her by doing, you know, like kind of falling into that same trap, right? Well, if you look like a grown-up, you must be doing grown-up things, which means you're letting the boys touch you. And, right. You know, and, and also even the idea that she would, quote-unquote, let them, right? Like, sure. you know, like even if it was occurring, right. like, how, how much of that was really with her consent enthusiastic consent right you know yeah, yeah. Right, right, well right. it kind of reminds me of there's an old episode of the cosby show where claire would take the girls out for women's day when they started their period well rudy has her starts her period and so she's kind of excited that oh we can have women's day and rudy doesn't want anything to do with it and she's like mm. i don't want to go i don't want to have our special day and and she was like why don't you want to do it and and she says, because it was awful. It is funny like, but, yeah. how much girl or some girls 
like are waiting for this moment with such eager anticipation when when every woman I've ever had in my life as a grown up is like this is the worst. You know? Yeah, what I mean? right, right, right. I, yeah. I think you get a lot of that through the mom, right? Rachel McAdams says the funny stuff like when when Margaret asks for a bra and again, I think the actor's so good with this. The way she's like so closed off, she's like really quick she's like I want a bra. I want to, and she like doesn't really want to talk about it. Doesn't but, want to talk whatever. about it. And, and the mom is like, "Are you sure? Because like we'll get you one, but like it's horrible. Like you should maybe <laughs> not for as long as you can." And then that really cute moment with the both of them when she does the training broad thing, or whatever. And she's like, "How is it?" And she's like, "I can't wait to get this off." And it's <laughs> which is it, so you get those really relatable moments where again, it's like you see that like the kids only want these things because it means they're grown up. It's the next step. They but want they the milestone. Yeah, yeah, they don't really understand their. The, I don't know if you'd say responsibility, but the things that come along with it, the inconveniences and all that, but they want to be grown up, and that's kids, right? Kids want to be grown up, and they don't really understand what it means, and so I just think it was really relatable and really believable the way that these kids were acting through all this, and I think yeah. the way the parents handle it was really good. Yeah. Like it, it was a really healthy relationship between Rachel McAdams and Benny Safdie, and the way that they parented, and, I, you know, and it's not perfect, but who is, right? Like with you know, she kind of did the selfish thing with her parents, but then again, she's hurting. She was disowned from her parents for 14 years, which has to be really hard, whether they're right or wrong. They say in the movie, they're the only parents she has. It's her parents. And so I can understand a character maybe being a little selfish because she's human. And she says, like, that's my parents, and I've been without them. And, and well, I think it's, it's, it's Margaret that kicks that off, right? Where she's like, why don't we talk to our parents? And then yeah. you get, you sh- Rachel McAdams has to have that awkward conversation mm-hmm. with with an eleven year old where it's like I'm not going to lie to you I'll tell you the truth and then that kind of sparks something in in her and she writes him that letter and then that's that opens the door so it is Margaret does flick the match basically and that's how we end up here and it, sometimes it before, sucks yeah for sure <laughs> before we wrap up do we know how this movie did. Over the weekend, I, hope I did fear well. not well. Oh dang! Oh really? Just because it's say. so because it's a small movie. Oh like it's, sure, it, sure, You know sure. what I mean? And people are so used to going to the theater for the big giant spectacles. Like next yeah. week, this and and this isn't a spectacle kind yeah. of movie. Yeah, I so, hope more people, especially I mean, with I hope people it does re- well with people I just reviewing fear it, it and talking about it in such a positive way. I do really think this is an important movie for the kids that are this age to yeah. to read the book to see the movie it's handled so well it has a 30 million dollar budget so it wasn't terribly high yeah i didn't see the weekend estimate i'll kind of says it's yeah. projected gross seven to nine million opening weekend okay yeah so on a 30 i mean not terrible for at least it's a small budget i want to say i do on a technical level i really like how the movie felt like the 70s we talked about did. this a lot oh, yeah, yeah. Uh, sometimes it, i was there it, it did. <laughs> but the, the, we talk a lot of times how movies look too slick and too polished. If you want to make an 80s B movie, don't make it look like a 2020s digital movie. And so, like, this movie had the color grading where it felt like the 70s, mm-hmm. the outfits. I mean, it did have the car thing. I know. It had, I it. thought of Joe, you know, based on Tom's <laughs> thing where the cars were immaculate. Everyone had a brand new 1970s we, car. We should but, probably explain to Rachel. One of my pet peeves in, in, in I don't can I say a period piece in, in old <laughs> movies that take place in the past that whenever you see cars, I will say this to you. You will never be able to unsee it. Whenever they, you see cars, they're always look like they just drove off the showroom. floor. Yeah. 
because they go to Immaculate. the car collector clubs to right. get the cars from that era. I and so you it. never if it's 1970, you never see like a beat up 58 Pontiac, which is yeah. what a lot of people would still be driving. It's like everything is from like 67 to to 70 and it right. looks brand spanking new. Right Especially off the in a time floor. period where people weren't constantly getting new cars, where now everyone's right. like, I need the new car. Yeah. Uh, but right in the opening when they go from New York to New Jersey and they're showing all the establishing shots and it's just like, oh, brand new 70s car. Brand- <laughs> everyone had a brand new car. It look, it looks like the projection got revised to $13 million, So, I mean, that's okay. a okay. little okay. bit better. If you, they found a few more million. I mean, this thing has a I 99- mean, almost halfway to your budget on opening weekend for a for a movie that a good chunk of the public is going to go, it's for girls. Sure. Right. I mean, right, right, it's, right. A, it's never going to be a blockbuster, but yeah. I think that this movie will find a life on digital and home video or streaming, will, yeah. wherever it ends up streaming. It is so good. And it has a 99%. It only has one negative review. It's that which one was, guy, isn't it? No, it's yeah. not. It's no. Amy Nicholson from Unspooled, which I was Whoa, really surprised. Really? She's the one negative review. And you know what? She gave it a C plus, which can go fresh on Rotten Tomatoes. And she gave it rotten. You choose. Yeah. It's a C plus, which is you can say that's fresh if you choose to. to. Read, so read her review and see what I, she's had to say. I, I was really shocked. I'm like, who is it? Armand White. I'm like, who is? <laughs> who is the one that's giving this a, a negative? But yeah, I'm like Amy Nicholson and C plus. So that I is still surprising. It's basically 100 percent fresh. Yeah. So critically, it's great. It's such a cute movie and so believable and sincere. It it really gives me a new appreciation for. I never read Judy Bloom books. And I never knew much about her, but man, I now realize how important she was, especially after that documentary and seeing this movie. And I could not recommend this highly enough. I gave it a 10 out of 10. I gave it a perfect score. I absolutely loved it. It made me cry whenever they would show the grandma. It made me miss my grandma. Sure. And I just, I absolutely loved it. Yeah, growing up in the 70s, like books were very gendered. So I was an avid reader, but I just would never even yeah. consider a Judy Bloom book because, like, well, that was in the girl section sure, of the sure, library. Sure, sure. Which is how, how they, things used to be. And, yeah. and I'm not saying they're perfect now, but obviously there's a lot more crossover. But uh, yeah, back then, I mean, even in the 90s, there was still there's girl stuff and boy stuff. I mean, it just. You just didn't have that type of a crossover, you know, and it's kind of cool now to see that there's more because like Judy Bloom says in that documentary, again, I'll say it again. It's like we we all live together and it's great to understand each other and what we each have to go through. And I think that's in general, not just kids, not just boys and girls or however you identify, but humanity, right? Like have some empathy, have some understanding of what we all go through, because at the end of the day, we are all human, all going through good times and bad and sometimes it seems like it's a lot more bad than good but as we see like in this movie is a perfect representation of that like things will turn around keep positive good things will happen it may seem like they're all bad forever but it's not Mm -hmm. i guess on that note let's go around the table and everyone can say where to find them this is joe you can follow me on the tweeter at joy what happened to my microphone on tweeter at joy butts b-u-t-t-s 21 also i'm on letterbox at the same name they say don't don't go into the light, but you don't need to go towards the red light on the I know, microphone. Yeah, like my, hand, my hand kept turning. That was <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Just keep going back and forth. That's perfect <laughs> for acoustics. <laughs> <laughs> this is Kevin. You can follow me on Twitter at Kevin R Brackett. And Rachel, where can they find you and your stuff? You can find me at Rachel's Reviews all over social media, iTunes, YouTube, and on Rotten Tomatoes, and also at the Hallmarkies Podcast. 
Awesome. And this is Tom. You can find me on Twitter at Roger Kubert or on Facebook at Facebook.com slash Tom O'Keefe. You can find the show online, Facebook.com slash Real Spoilers. While you're there, like the page, join the group. And of course, don't forget our Patreon, Patreon.com slash Real Spoilers. So that's it for this one. Thanks for tuning in. And until next time, I forgot to write an outro too. <laughs> Perfect. <laughs> You've been warned. Get ready for a spoiler. Won't say it twice because we already warned you. Better watch out. It's going to ruin the plot. Real spoilers. Real spoilers. Real spoilers. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market.